0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. and I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Good Thanks to be here, brother. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 11 through 17. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, to see how Jesus wants to speak to us, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us to see what we're to see?
2: Mm-hmm. I would love to. In the name of the, the Father, Father, Son, and Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. You are the God of now. Help us to whew, take a breath, to pause, to be not only here, but most importantly, to be present to you. That we intentionally want to, to be with you, to allow you to love us as your sons, as your daughters. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your love, your joy, your peace, your courage, your wisdom, your knowledge. Please, Holy Spirit, just enliven this conversation. Help us to to yield to your promptings. Help us to be obedient to the call that you've placed in our lives. And help us in every single interaction to allow you to speak through us, to allow you to work through us, to allow you to draw others to you through the things that we say and do. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Holy Son the Spirit. Spirit Amen. Amen.
3: Tom, do you mind giving us a little Gospel love today? Sure. Again, it's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 11 to 17. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed all those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the 12 approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fishes are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so, and made them all sit down. Then, taking the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven... He said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied, and when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Lord, please give me those spiritual ears to hear. It seems like every week when we start out, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. That's you and I. I want to tune in those spiritual ears to hear what you wanna tell me, Lord, today, for this day's journey. I love my my 12 apostle buddies here. You know They don't ask the Lord what he'd like them to do. They tell him, oh my goodness, dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages to find the farms, to find provisions. How many times have I said to the Lord, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. This is what I think we should do. Oh my goodness, that was a wake up for me. I need to really slow down and ask the Lord, what would you like me to do, Lord? How can I feed the hungry? How can I satisfy their needs? How can I provide the provisions? How can I provide the lodging? My goodness gracious, we're called to be the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, the heart of our Lord in this world. The the apostles who were with him, they still didn't get it. And they're telling the Lord, hey, here's what you need to do, Lord. That's dismiss them. Let them go fend for themselves. Oh, my goodness. Guilty as charged. Please help my unbelief, Lord. Help me to depend on you and have divine intimacy with you at every moment throughout my every day.
3: And I think, too, David, that um, I I did notice that when I was reading it, um, that there's this difference here. Because it's not, I mean, Jesus sees these as people who need to be fed these are people who have a need that we should try to satisfy but if you look at the what what the 12 say they're basically this is we got a problem here you need to dismiss these people and get ri- you know get rid of them because we can't take care of them it's al- it's almost the exact opposite of what jesus is saying and then uh, it, it, you know it kind of makes sense now this line which i could never figure out he goes give them some food yourself like i think he's just saying look you can't just Send them away. You know, you, we got to take care of these people. They followed me out here and I got I to take care of them. So he, they look at it as a problem to be solved. He looks at it as people who need to be fed. Yeah. You know, one's kind of abstract. The other one is very deeply personal. Like, I, I'm responsible for these people. I have to take care of these people. But the, And I think that's what he was trying to get across with that line. But they didn't get it. You know, well, all we got is five loaves and two fishes. How are we supposed to do with that, you know?
1: But, you know, isn't that you and I? I mean, yeah, what, I, what I did exactly. notice here, Tom, is he said to them, just pray for them. No, he didn't say that. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and we always say, well, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Well, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. But instead of doing that, not, not instead of, but he says to them, you give them some food because just as they had Jesus, the Messiah, God, Emmanuel with us, with them, we too have Jesus with us. We too have the Holy Spirit with us. And what does Jesus show us what to do? Reach up to heaven. And say, Heavenly Father, help us feed these hungry, clothe these naked, you know, give these people shelter. Help us. It's what Jesus did. And I love what Jesus does next. Then, even though it was him that that cried out to heaven, he prayed and asked for God to help him feed, clothe, and Do those works of love. He gave the gifts then to his disciples, which is what he does to us now, you and I, to distribute to the crowd. So everything we have is a gift from God that he entrusts to us to be a blessing to others. And then, with hearts of gratitude, we give all honor, all glory, all praise to the Lord. That's what Jesus shows us right here.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I just, I'm so excited about this Sunday. Uh, it's, it's the solemne, solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. Mm. The solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. And when Paul came to Jesus, right, he was persecuting you know, the way and then when Jesus knocked him off the horse and said, why are you persecuting me? You know, He didn't say, my followers, is me. Um, this is what Paul had to write. Right? So Paul came to Jesus, got his conversion, and then he went everywhere sharing the, the good news. Uh, so this is what Paul has to write, and we're going to hear this on Sunday. Brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Mm-hmm. So we're celebrating the greatest gift that God give, yeah. gave us, right? That Jesus said, I want to be with you always. For all times, he could have chosen any way. He chose the Eucharist. Yeah, That he is with us. That we can adore him anytime. We can receive his body and blood anytime. And we just had, we have five kids. We just had our last first communion just a few weeks ago. Our youngest daughter, Hope. Received their first communion, and leading up to that, I was taking her to adoration. And a few days before her receiving her first communion, we were in adoration. And that day, they had practice mm. where they just had you know hosts that weren't consecrated. And I said to her, I said, "Hope, oh, what's the difference between the host that you received today at practice and and the host that's up on the altar?" Without even hesitating, she says, "Well, it's easy. The host today was bread, and that's Jesus." Yeah. Right. You know, know, just the the beautiful innocence, because Jesus said so. You know, this is my body. Right. This is my blood. Yeah. It's awesome. What a gift.
1: You know, and taking that one step even deeper spiritually, it's the union of the bridegroom with the bride, you and I, where he gives himself fully, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist to his bride, you and I, the Church where we can have that one flesh union. And, and when I receive the Eucharist, number one, I prepare for it. I, I ask for forgiveness for my sins. I go to confession to get clean, to make sure I'm ready to receive the Lord. And then when I receive the Lord, I invite the Lord, Lord Jesus, I invite you to impregnate me with your divinity, course through my body and purge from me anything that is not of you. That constant receiving of the Lord daily, in the answer to the Lord's prayer, give us this day our daily bread, Mm -hmm. the bread of life, Jesus Christ. He does it, and we still don't go to receive it. Ah! Continue to receive the Lord. Why? Because the more we receive the Lord, the more that purging takes place, the more living water flows from our heart because the more our heart is Christ's Mm -hmm. heart, and the more his living water flows from us. So that impregnation of his divinity, that's what God promises you know, as he took on our fuel full humanity, he invites us to take on his divinity. And how do we do that? Reception of the Word, reception of the Eucharist, we become more and more and more in the image of likeness of Christ and Christ in the world today in our uniqueness.
3: Yeah, and you and you you can just see the the genius of this of the Eucharist, not just the transformation of it, which happens, but if you, if Jesus gives us anything, and he could, he could have said anything. It could be my body and you know blood. This could be my body. This is my blood because he's Jesus. Because he's because he's God. But he chose something that we take into our body, and it becomes part of what we are. It becomes part of our substance. So, the spiritual intimacy is really um, in, enabled, if you will, or. Um, uh, uh encouraged by the fact that the very the physical act of what we do by taking food into our body and it becoming part of our body so it's not just the presence of that thing it's also what we do with it cuz it could have been just holy water or some or holy oil or something like that but it's food that we take in that becomes part of our body and to your point, David, is we receive this every day, year after year after year after year. After a while, you got to think at some point. Well, I'm about. I got to be about 95 percent Jesus now because I've been yeah, i going 30 years, 40 years. I've been going, you know, going every day. But but at some point, if it doesn't happen internally, that's my that's my transformation that has to happen. I have to, like you said, go to confession. Keep my mind focused on what is it that happening in this sacrament? That whole, that beautiful description that you gave of the of the transformation of the union that happens between us and Christ. And really, the other thing that that occurs to me when I receive and I in meditation is, uh, you're not becoming part of me. I'm becoming part of you. Yes. Even though I'm the the big body for me, I'm here and it's a little host. I'm becoming part of you. The, something little is becoming part of something much bigger. You know, something infinite. And that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. So, And that's why the
1: gift of being a Catholic and being able to receive the Lord daily in his word throughout our day, plus at mass in the Eucharist, oh my goodness, that is so important. Because right now, in this day and age, the toxins of the world mm-hmm. are everywhere around us, on the television, on the radio, in traffic, at a grocery store, in a small we are constantly being bombarded with toxins of the world, so we need to flush out those toxins with the living Word of Christ, that bread of Christ, the bread of life. We need to continually flush out our system and keep it purged from the toxins that want to get in to our eyes, our ears,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And what I'd... At Circle Time, when you were reading the gospel, uh, towards the end it says, th- they ate and were satisfied.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, the three of us were all at mass earlier this week at St. Joan of Arc, and, uh, and the priest, Father Al, was talking about the saint of the day. I can't even remember his name. Uh, Romulan? Saint
3: Ro- yeah, St. Ronald.
2: Yeah, there you go. Thank you. And, uh, and it was such a beautiful homily that he talked about um, his way of life and his rule. That he wrote a couple paragraphs. He said very simple, and he talks about you know being in this in a cell, not a prison cell, but in a cell. You know where you just have a, a bed and a chair, very simple, simple surroundings. And he said, "You're in paradise." Do you do you believe that you are in paradise just in your cell? And if you think about it, it's so beautiful that, that God is with us. God is in us. We get to receive Him in the Eucharist. We get to adore Him in the Eucharist. We get to 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 devour his the you know him in the word is God enough? Do I truly believe that I'm in paradise? No matter where I am, no matter what circumstances I find myself self in, no matter what's railing against me, no matter if things secularly are going well or not, no matter if financially things are going well or not, do I truly believe that I'm in paradise? Because paradise is living in me, right? That you mm-hmm. know that God wants yeah. us. To be with him forever, and he's giving us that taste of heaven on the way to heaven. Uh, so it was just so beautiful to, to hear the story of uh, of this brother in Christ who's gone before us, but leaving us with just a beautiful reality that we 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 get to consume paradise.
1: Beautiful,
3: mm.
1: beautiful. And I love the bottom here. Jesus Christ is the multiplier. Mm. When we go to God through Jesus Christ, God the Father, and we seek heaven to bless what we're doing with the gift of our time, with the gift of our finances, there is a multiplication. I call it the ripple effect that takes place that not only feeds those we touch, but the ones that they touch, the ones that they touch. So that ripple effect, which he's showing us here, that after five loaves and Two fish fed what could have been an estimated 20,000 people with women and children. There was more left over than there was initially when they started the whole journey. So for me, God is the multiplier of our gifts. Give them to him unconditionally. Allow him to use you every day as a gift, your time, your talent, your treasures, don't do what today's reading was so sparingly because that's what you're going to reap sparingly so abundantly every day. And you will be amazed at the harvest that you will see at the end of your life.
3: The, <clears throat> and the other thing, too, Rob, when you were talking about your daughter, I thought was was really um, special is that that childlike faith. You know, and and I can remember the day of my first communion, and that, and that a- absolute faith, no doubt, no question, just that's Jesus, you know. And to hear that again just reminded me, of, you know, of that day because for me that that was Jesus. There was no question in my mind that I was receiving Jesus. You know, second grade, you know, probably eight years old or something like that, seven years old. But uh, that's that's such a gift, and. Over the years, what you know, what happens that we lose that childlike faith? We lose that that faith of just saying, "Yeah, it's Jesus." You know, what's the difference between this bread and that bread? Well, this is bread and that's Jesus. You know, like it's that simple, and yet we make you know we we make a big deal about it, or we forget about it. We go up to communion. I, this happens to me all the time. I go to communion. And I'm so worried about not stepping in front of somebody, <laughs> making sure I get the bread and do everything exactly right. I get back and I go. You know, I just received the the king of the universe in my hand in my heart in my mouth and in my body and I'm worried about where I'm stepping and what I'm t- you know why how can you not float back you know <laughs> if you're really if you're really where you know where you're supposed to be you're really living in that paradise that you talked about it's like why would you why would you even be thinking about those things you know
2: I need, I need to either find this book at home because we had it at one point or or just might be easier just to go out and get another one it's the story of li- little Nelly of Holy God. And as we're preparing to celebrate the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ, th- the story of little Nelly is why we're able to receive at seven or eight.
0: Because mm-hmm. uh,
2: this little girl had such a love for the Eucharist. She was very sick. And um, at the time, Pope Pius was the Pope. Mm-hmm. I forget what, what number, 10th maybe. And, uh, and this little girl wanted to receive and he allowed her to receive because at at the time it was like 13, 14 years old when first yeah, communion that's was, right, that's right. and uh, and she received like thirty two times I think before she died, and and she would just sense you know Holy God she would just refer to the Eucharist as Holy God, Holy God's on the altar, I want to mm-hmm. receive, and then the nurse before she received will come back and say, oh just give me a kiss because you just received Holy God, like she had that intimate wow. longing, and then she, so the you know Pope Pius allowed her to receive her first communion, and she had you know thirty or so after. And then she died, and um, at one, you know there's such a, a, a love for this little girl that they were going to exhume her body and and transfer her, and she was in Her hair yeah. was, you know, her hair had grown, and uh, and then that was the Pope's, you know, yeah. final final call on yeah. on lowering the age of mm. first Holy Communion to uh, to what it is now at, at you know that seven eight year old yeah. range. So uh, little Nelly of Holy God, so please uh, encourage you all to. Huh. To read that story, and let's pray for each other that we, that we would accept the gift of wonder and awe.
1: Yes, and then as a child, have a heart of gratitude. When's the last time you received communion, and you went back to your pew and you knelt down and you said, "Lord Jesus, thank you for sharing your very self with me. Thank you for being your spirit, the spiritual food for my journey today. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your life." For my salvation, thank you, Lord, for your word which gives me life, thank you, Lord, for your life's example that show me the way home to the Father. When's the last time like a little child you closed your eyes and just let it out? A heart of gratitude and thank the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave it all yeah. for you, and he'd do it all again if it was just for you.
2: Amen, David. And, and in those moments, right after receiving, we will, on this side of eternity, we will, we, that is the closest we will be to our Lord. Mm-hmm. Physically, for those 15 minutes, mm-hmm. he's coursing through our veins. all Him, not just a piece of it. He, in, right. The entirety of Jesus Christ is, is, piercing, is coursing through our veins. Um, so to have that time of thanksgiving uh, there are saints that say, if you had to choose, do a little bit less of preparing for mass and a little bit more of thanksgiving after mass, instead of just being like, okay, boom, go, you know, eat and run, yeah. um, you know that because that that time is so precious. That, yeah. that he is, he is in us, right?
1: Yeah, and and we go to the first sentence. Jesus spoke to the crowds. It's you and I about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. Well, the ones he was healing were the ones that were blind to the true need of the hungry, those who were deaf, to the true true cry of those who needed to be clothed, who needed housing. I'm telling you, I have a spiritual blindness and a spiritual deafness that every day I've got to ask the Lord, help me, Lord. Heal my eyes that I can see spiritually. Heal my ears that I can hear your voice. Grant me the grace to be obedient to every one of your utterances. I want to be led by the Spirit as a little baby lad, as a child, every day of my life. Lord, use me for your purpose. Because again, Jesus is teaching, and talking about the kingdom of God. Every time we love unconditionally, it's Jesus Christ who's choosing to love us, love through us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The more we do it, the more we experience that kingdom of heaven, what we get back, money can't buy. The more we give, the more we get. And I love the little ditty that was put on my heart. You only get to keep what you give away. Yeah. Do you live a life like that? Or do you keep everything? Because you got to take care of yourself. You only get to keep what you give away. And it's saying the more you give, the more the Lord's going to multiply the more that's going to be left over, the more availability in twelve worker baskets. You can not outgive the Lord. Give and give more
3: and give more, because it's about the salvation of souls. And I think it was there was an earlier gospel reflection. I remember, you know, sitting in this room, talking about it. to your point, David, about you can only. You know, keep what you give away. You can only get what you give away. And I, I think we specifically, somebody brought up about, you know, you only experience love truly in loving another. It, there's no way to receive it. You can only experience it in the giving because the, what you get back is is not necessarily love in the sense that you you know that you experience it. You feel gratitude, you feel, um, you know, consoled, comforted but the love is experienced in the in this giving away because it's the sacrificial piece of it that you know cuz Jesus even said if you love those who love you what merit is there what merit is there to you in that almost like to say if that's all you do people love you back and then you love them it's transactional but can you love your enemies can you do good to those that persecute you that's the true test of love when it hurts when it's a sacrifice so again i think you can only experience love in the giving away what you receive back Maybe something that is warranted, maybe not. But we're called to love, whether we get anything back or right. not. You know. Yeah. So you got to say God's message is the love is in the giving; it's not in the receiving. Yeah, and I think you. I think you made that point once. Yeah.
2: And, and with us talking about the Eucharist, I, I received this beautiful, beautiful quote. Uh, it says, "Christ, Christ is truly present among us in the Eucharist. We can encounter Him only by being in communion with others." If we want to present ourselves to Him, we must take a step toward meeting one another. To do this, we must learn the great lesson of forgiveness. We cannot let the gnawings of resentment work in our soul. We must open our hearts to the magnanimity of listening to others. Open our hearts to understanding them, eventually accepting their apologies and generously offering our own. So what greater what greater glory could we give God as we begin to celebrate the solemnity of the most holy body and blood than to reach out to forgive others or to seek their forgiveness? That we that that we grow in communion with one another, and then that together in communion we receive holy communion. That's that's mm-hmm. awesome.
1: You know, we gotta be so careful. You always give us this little ditty rob, surrender my opinion for obedience. When you surrender and try, stop trying to figure it out and just be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, you will be amazed how God will lead and guide you. He said, you know, have them sit down into groups of 50. They didn't say, well, maybe 20, maybe 30. You know, surrender your opinion for the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. Be that world changer that God created you to be. God bless each and every one of you. Let's light up this world.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, A Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, Please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax deductible donation by visiting StewardshipMission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.